Well, LSU baseball loses its first series of the season and drops from that number one spot for the first time since the preseason. And look, that sucks. But I want to take time to appreciate something that I don't think we take enough time appreciating. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Lock and LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, don't forget, you can also watch us on YouTube as well. We are free and we are every single day on YouTube. My name is Caroline Finton. and I am your host, as I am every single day. Appreciate you for being here. You can also follow along with the conversation on Twitter. You can follow me at Caroline Finton one or you can follow along with the podcast at Locked on LSU. Today's edition of Locked on LSU is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, bummer of a weekend for LSU baseball over the weekend on the road at Auburn. First series loss of the season. And for the first time this calendar year, LSU baseball is not the number one team in the country. It's a bummer. It's a total bummer. LSU had a great night on Friday, winning that game 3-0, shutting Auburn out in game one, game two, 8-6 loss. Sunday, a 12-2 run rule loss through eight innings. I always say this, basketball, baseball, football, whatever sport it is, I'll always say this. In wins, you can find bad things. In wins, you can also find plenty of good things, obviously. In losses... There's going to be bad things, but you can also find good things and losses as well. So I'm going to take a good, bad, bad, good approach to LSU baseball's weekend and their first series loss against Auburn. Start with a good thing, break down two bad things, and finish off with a good thing. And I want to start off with a good thing, and it's almost like I feel like a broken record talking about how this is a good thing, talking about how... You know, we don't talk about this enough because they really don't think that we do. And that's Paul Skeens. And I think that we all know just how good Paul Skeens is. We've all seen on full display, whether it be a Thursday or a Friday night, watching Paul Skeens pitch, how good he is and just how valuable he is to this baseball team. But I don't think we say it enough. And I really, truly do not want to take what Paul Skeens is doing for granted. Because Paul Skeens, when he's on the mound, you can almost guarantee that LSU baseball is going to win that night. Do you know how how much of a privilege that is? And sometimes I have to remind myself, and I just want to remind everyone how lucky we are to be watching a pitcher do what Paul Skeens is doing. To be pitching at the level that Paul Skeens has been pitching at. And it's not just Friday night at Auburn. It's what Paul Skeens has done all season long, so consistently, every single game one that Paul Skeens is pitching. To know that he could, he's going to go out there and he's probably going to give you double-digit strikeouts. To know that every time Paul Skeens is on the mound, 
team that you're facing is going to struggle offensively. And to feel pretty confident every Friday night or Thursday night, you know, depending on whenever the series is played, that you're going to win. That's not something you find very frequently. And what we saw from Paul Skeens on Friday night, it was no different. But it was a career night for Paul Skeens. And I know it's assumed at this point that it's that Paul Skeens is going to be a good thing, is going to be a positive takeaway from the weekend. But I'm going to give it its due. Because even though we assume it every single night, doesn't mean that Paul Skeens doesn't deserve his due every single week. On Friday night against Auburn, career night. Seven and one-third inning pitch, innings pitched. Part of me thinks like, and has been thinking really ever since week one, how how long, like, what is the longevity of Paul Skeens consistently going out there and pitching six and seven innings? I've been asking myself that for a long time now, and here we are nearing the, the conclusion of the regular season and Paul Skeens is pitching at the highest level he's been pitching all season long. Maybe he just gets better with innings pitched. I don't know. It's been something that probably you've been asking yourself too, like how sustainable is this really that LSU is pitching their ace for you know, six and seven innings consistently every single week? Well, he did it again on Friday and looked pretty damn good doing it. Um, just over seven innings pitched. Gave up zero runs, shut Auburn out on Saturday, excuse me, Friday. Gave up six hits, bat, um, walked only one batter, struck out 15. 15 strikeouts in just over seven innings for Paul Skeens. The last time an LSU pitcher did that was Tyler Jones in 2011. And that was a midweek non-conference game. The last time an LSU pitcher struck out 15 batters in an SEC game was 2009. Think about all of the great pitchers that have come out of LSU since both 2009 and 2011. Guys like Aaron Nola. Guys like Kevin Gosman. Guys like Alex Lang. Guys that weren't just lights out and incredible in purple and gold. But guys that are getting, you know, nods from some of the best at the highest level of play in baseball. Guys that are known around Major League Baseball. Guys that have been pitching in some of the most clutch games that you could pitch in at the highest level. Those players didn't even do at LSU what Paul Skeens did in Auburn on Friday night. He earned SEC Pitcher of the Week honors, which I don't know how the heck else you could give it to anybody else. I mean, even SEC Pitcher of the Week honors doesn't even feel like it does Paul Skeen's justice. All of this to say, I just don't want to take Paul Skeen's for granted. Because we've seen enough from him that we can pretty much assume what we're going to get. It's pretty much guaranteed that you're going to see some heroics from Paul Skeen's that you're going to see a guy out there that is just absolutely cool as a cucumber on the mound. You're going to see a guy that's throwing pitches that uh, batters just throw their hands up. Like, I mean, what are you supposed to, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, what, what in the world am I supposed to do? And even after a season of a, a whole lot of work that LSU has been asking Paul Skeens to do, and he's pitching at a higher level, and his arsenal looks as clean and as you know, as, as much variety as he's ever been pitching with. Let's not take him for granted, okay? Let's appreciate everything that he has done for this team and what I think we all can assume he will continue 
to do for this team. Because man, oh man, you can either have Paul Skeens on your team or you can bat against Paul Skeens. And I don't want the latter. And I am going to appreciate that we all have the former. So the good of the weekend, as it has been pretty much every weekend, as I can only assume it will continue to be the good of every weekend, Paul Skeens. But it's good, bad, bad, good. It wasn't all good over the weekend. Obviously, the first series loss of the season for LSU. So let's get into some of the bad. And we'll do that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. No fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. And let me tell you all something. I have had such a fun time watching these NBA playoffs, whether it's LeBron versus Steph, whether it's KD and Devin Booker against the Joker in Denver. It has been so much fun to watch all of the star power that has unfolded in these NBA playoffs so far. So I always say a pretty safe bet, Steph Curry over on points. I mean, Chef Curry is just absolutely lights out from three. But the best part about FanDuel is there are a bunch of promotions going on every single day. So if you want to take the obvious, you know, Steph Curry over on three points, Steph Curry over on the points, well, check out some of the promotions because there'll be odds boosts, or different parlays that you can find on the FanDuel Sportsbook app every single day as the NBA playoffs are underway. And there's no better place to bet all the NBA playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day there's some transfer portal action. We will bring all of that to you on Locked on LSU tomorrow. But it is good, bad, bad, good of LSU baseball's first series loss of the season. The good, obviously, is Paul Skeens. I mean, I, good doesn't even do it justice. But there were some issues on the mound outside of Friday night, outside of Paul Skeens. And that's kind of been the theme of this team all season long. That outside of Paul Skeens, there really hasn't been that clear-cut go-to guy in the starting rotation. That there have been, you know, some question marks of some guys coming out of the bullpen. That there isn't a guy, obviously, that's going to be as reliable as Paul Skeens, but there really isn't another guy out of the bullpen or really as a starter that you're like, okay, cool. It's, you know, he's not Paul Skeens, but you know, he's really, you know, solid, consistent, reliable pitcher. And that is no disrespect whatsoever to Ty Floyd or Christian Little or Chase Shores, who was starting earlier this season. It is just simply a fact. And that continued over the weekend. Now, my first bad, it's a little good. It's a little bad. The little good side of it is Ty Floyd on Saturday came out and looked like a baby Paul Skeens. Ty Floyd went out there and I said, I'm sorry, is this the same pitcher that gave up six runs on six hits in less than three innings against Alabama just the week before? Is this the same guy that I called out and said, not a good day for Ty Floyd this time last week? Because Ty Floyd came out, he was in command of his pitches. He looked confident. He didn't look like anything was going to shake him. I mean, 
Ty Floyd on the mound, and this is pre-fourth inning. That's the bad side of things. We'll get into that. Um, but it was just strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. He struck out seven consecutive batters in three innings. He was unstoppable. I mean, he was lights out. And then the bad side of things. And that was when the uh, the infamous fourth inning on Saturday took place. So, you know, Ty Floyd lights out, looks great, striking guys out left and right. I mean, he's just a strikeout machine. He's a K machine through th- three innings. He comes out in the fourth inning. You know, he, he walks the first batter, first batter of the day. Okay, you know, whatever. Walks are going to happen. Fine. And then he gets called on a ball. And, like, I will never be upset about a call against my team, football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is. If I'm like, no, that was clearly a balk, or that was clearly holding, or that was clearly PI, or that was clearly a tech, you know, whatever it might be. Like, I am a homer, but I'm not as much of a homer that I'm going to say, that was a bad call just because it was against my team. But that was a bad call. It was a very questionable balk call especially considering what happened earlier in that inning when Auburn's Tommy Vale, their starter of the day, balked pretty obviously, and they didn't call it. So that was the frustrating thing. He gets called, Ty Floyd gets called on a balk. Auburn's pitcher does not get called on a balk. That's frustrating. That's annoying. Be consistent with your calls, which I guess these days is asking just a wee bit too much from some of these SEC officials, but whatever. Um, So Ty Floyd gets called on a balk. And then Josh Jordan gets tossed for some reason unbeknownst to me. And he gets tossed after a bunch of confusion that the you know, initially the umpire threw out the wrong guy. And there's all this confusion. Now, Jay Johnson has to come out. He has to serve as the third base coach. You know, he's not able to come in and talk down Ty Floyd or talk to his, his team to get things moving, you know, turning around once it looks like it's going a little bit to crap in the fourth inning. So it was just a whole lot of stuff that happened in the fourth inning. And Ty Floyd just wasn't able to come back from it. He walks the first batter. Fine. So you got a guy on first. He balks. He goes to second. Strikes another guy out. So you're thinking, okay, he's kind of getting back in the groove of things. Another walk. Excuse me. Um, Before the strikeout, there's a single, then a strikeout, then another walk. They score a run. Then another walk. And then another strikeout, and then another walk, and it's another scored run. So LSU goes into that inning up to nothing, and then now Gavin Guidry comes in, the bases are loaded, and it's just unfortunate. It really was unfortunate. And at that point, you know, the game just kind of got out of hand. You know, they used four more relievers after Gavin Guidry, uh, in a game that Ty Floyd looked fantastic, in a game that offensively LSU was looking pretty solid, and the pitching just unraveled after that weird kooky fourth inning. So that was that was frustrating, and I know that was frustrating for Ty Floyd, and he even came out and said it. He was like, look, I need to be able to better handle that situation. I need to be able to step back, take a breather, and stay in control of this game whenever there are things that are out of my control that are working against me. And you know what I say to that is, fine. That's a learning experience. I would rather Ty Floyd get punched in the mouth like that in a regular season game against Auburn and learn how to handle that, learn how to overcome that, learn how to calm himself, 
against Auburn in the regular season than when you play Wake Forest in the College World Series finals in Omaha. Kind of get what I'm saying here? Unfortunate for Ty Floyd that a, uh, a really solid performance was ruined, basically. But you learn from it, you move on. The pitching outside of Ty Floyd's first three innings didn't look good on Saturday. That's ultimately why LSU dropped that game 8-6. And then Sunday, it was all hell broke loose on Sunday. It didn't even look like the same team. But also, it, to give them credit, after the first couple of innings, the game was just out of reach. On Sunday, Christian Little gets the start. That's the other bad, is Christian Little and the pitching outside of Paul Skeens. Christian Little comes out. This is this is how his batters went. Walk, 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 single, walk, 2-1 Auburn after Gavin Dugas home run in the, in the top of the first. Okay, so Christian Little doesn't even go a full inning, doesn't even record a single out. Griffin Herring comes in. The bases are loaded. You're down 2-1. Walk, now you're down 3-1. Walk, now you're done 4-1. A single brings in two RBIs. Now you're down 6-1, and the game is just out of hand from there. So the pitching outside of Paul Skeens has been shooting this team in the foot. Christian Little with not a great outing. I haven't been thrilled from what I've seen from Christian Little consistently week in and week out. Ty Floyd... Outside of the first three innings, I don't want to take that away from Ty Floyd because he looks great. At least we know it's in him. At least we know we can do it. At least he knows he can do it. But once things got out of control, there was no putting it all back into Pandora's box. So even on a weekend where offensively, I mean, LSU was doing really truly everything that they could do, at least on Saturday. What helped them on Friday hurt them on Saturday and Sunday. And that was pitching. Got to be honest with y'all, it's not something that's been different than what we've seen this entire season. It's something that I've thought over the last few weeks, man, oh man, you know, this pitching, it's not, you know, it's, it's not to the level that it needs to be. And at some point this season, sooner rather than later, ideally, honestly, I'd rather, you know, lose a series in regular season than lose a series in the super regional, but Soon rather than later, I knew it was going to catch up this t- to this team, and I knew it was going to hurt this team, and it was going to get to a point where it doesn't matter how many heroics from Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz or Tommy White or Gavin Dugas or Trey Morgan was going to help it. And that's what we saw this past weekend. But let's get to some more good, because I'm in a good mood today. So I want to end on something good. So we'll get into that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. The good, the bad, and the bad from LSU this past weekend. The good, Paul Skeens. Can't emphasize that enough. Paul Skeens is good. Tell your friends. The bad was Ty Floyd outside of the first three innings. I want to give Ty Floyd all the credit in the world. He was outstanding in the first three innings of that game on Saturday. Just kind of unraveled from there. The the rest of the pitching, the rest of the way on Saturday. He used five relievers in that game. You can't exhaust that many arms, especially at this point in the season when some of your pitchers are starting to drop like flies when your bullpen looks a lot more bare now than it did a couple months ago. Um, And then the pitching on Sunday, of course, as well. It's just LSU got run ruled. It was brutal. In the first inning and never really could come back from it from there. So the bad is, the good is pitching and the bad is pitching. 
I don't see how that's confusing. Kidding. Um, But I want to circle back around to the good. It's okay. It's okay. I know that we feel like we're spoiled. I feel spoiled by this team. By how we can expect, you know, even on on Sunday, even when LSU was down 6-1. I thought, they can come back from this. We've done it before. We've come back from a whole lot worse. They can come back. I'm not worried about it. I'm not sweating about it. Awfully naive of me. I know. But I think we've been spoiled by how good this team is, by how clutch this team has been, and how that's been able to carry them through eight weeks of conference play with just now one conference loss. It's okay. You are not going to win every single series. You're not going to sweep every single series. You're not going to blow out every single opponent. That's not realistic. It's not realistic in college baseball, period. It's not realistic in this league. (laughs) When you're looking at the top 10 and over half of the teams in the top 10, top 15, top 20 are in your conference. It's not going to happen. So LSU dropping a series, LSU falling from that top spot in the country, does that suck? Yes. Is it a little bit of a hit to the ego? Yeah, totally. Would I have preferred LSU winning this series? Duh. But it's okay. This season should not go off the road. I'm not going to say it won't because weird things happen, unfortunately. Knock on wood. This is This should not unrail this entire season. Losing two games back-to-back all of a sudden does not make you not a contender for a championship. It doesn't mean that you're not going to win the SEC title or win a, a, a national title. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means, look, your bullpen needs some work. You're going through some injuries. You got bit by the injury bug. And your bullpen needs some work. You need to find some depth. You need to find some certified starters that can come in behind Paul Skeens. But those were all things we already knew. Those were all things we already knew were holes or flaws in this roster. Just because LSU lost a series does not make this team a bad team. It does not make this an unworthy team. LSU is now the number two team in the country. Is that a lot less aesthetically pleasing than number one? Yes, it is. Um, would I want LSU to be number one? Absolutely. But it's okay. It's okay that in May you lose a series. This team's not done. This team's not going anywhere. This team still has so much talent. This team still has two players that are likely going to go one, two in this year's MLB draft. It's okay. The question is, how do you recover from it? It's probably a big old kick in the butt. If you think it's an ego check to us, think about what kind of ego check it is in that bullpen, in in that locker room, in that dugout. Think about what kind of, um, I don't want to say ego check, because I don't think that's fair to call that. But think about what kind of a wake-up call, I guess, this is to this coaching staff. How do you bounce back from it? How do you come back and with, with a vengeance? And how are you able to coach up Christian Little and Ty Floyd to make sure that they are reliable starters as we get into the postseason? How are you able to remind your team that, I mean, it's it's a series loss. 
What are you going to, you know, mope and weep about it all day long? No. Get back out there and prove that you are the number one team in the country. Because this team has way too much damn talent to not be. So it's going to be okay. We are all going to be okay. We are all going to live. There is a whole lot of season left. But prove to me, prove to yourselves that you can get back to that spot that we all know you belong. And that is number one. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, LSU football transfer portal tracker, who's getting offers, who's getting interest. We'll get into all of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on LSU.